This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Yes, indeed, right here on 830WCC, you're joined by Mary Meyer, horticultural science faculty member and extension horticulturist from the University of Minnesota. Good morning. Good morning. It, Great it, to be here, Denny. It, it took you a while to <laughs> remove some of the layers. Take off my layers this morning. It's nice and cold here in Minnesota. We're getting our, our Zone 4 hardiness ratings this winter. We're happy about that. Well, and and uh, you and I uh, were talking about uh, spring and how quickly Valentine's Day has shown up. Well, it's yes, a few days from now. just a few days from now. Have so you guys this put... Is, yeah, this Didn't you is, put together a video? Uh, we did, yes. Gail Hudson, our great uh, videographer, and uh, we were at our friends down at Bachman's where they're selling thousands of cut flowers this week, so lots of fun to see that. That's a great place to go. If you're sick of the winter, go into Bachman's, get yourself a cup of coffee and smell the basil, the lavender, mm. everything that's in the store. And, of course, lots of people are going to be getting cut flowers or giving cut flowers Mm -hmm. this week. And uh, so we have some tips on our website, extension.umn.edu, on how to care for cuts. But, of course, we're happy to talk about that this morning. Let's do that, too, for for our listeners who who may be thinking about uh, maybe they're going to receive that or Or, certainly give give it. Yeah. 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 What are some ideas this 10 below day? 10 10 below day. Well, I am thrilled that we've got plenty of snow. Now, we we didn't have much snow when it got really cold, but now we got more snow. Snow is our uh, poor man's mulch. So we're really happy to have that and see more snow to cover up. What exactly does that do? Is it insulating? Is that very, very good insulation? Because there's air in with the snow, it makes a wonderful insulation. And lots of plants that have their growing point right at the ground level, a lot of our perennials and so on, are really protected with mulch. That's very good. Now the woody plants, um, like Japanese maple, uh, that's that's a marginal plant that I wonder if some of that's going to be killed uh, this winter. Um, those plants that are, of course, up above the ground have their buds out. Hopefully this time of year they are the most hardy with their buds, have gotten used to the cold, and they're the most hardy now. Uh, they're the least hardy in the the uh, days just as they uh, start to come out in spring, late winter and early spring. That's when they are the most susceptible to being killed more than right now. So those winter buds are at their hardiest right now, and that's when they, that's when we need them to be at their hardiest. But still, we could have some injury, especially things that are Zone 5, new things that people are putting in because uh, this winter we have received our typical zone for minimum winter temperatures. 
Now, what exactly does that mean? The zone four and five, what, what, so, what, what's the difference between those two zones? So those two zones are a difference in, of 10 degrees difference in uh, minus uh, lowest, we- lowest winter weather conditions. I see. Okay. So we expect it to be below minus 20 here in zone four. And in zone five, which the inner city now uh, is ranked, Minneapolis-St. Paul, we expect that to be between minus 10 and minus 20. So that's a, a, a little milder. As you know, many winters in the past few years have been milder. But this winter, we're back with our typical zone four that we expect. <laughs> and we're getting more of it. And the good news is, yes. if, if as far as snow lovers... Uh, we're getting, we're going to be getting more. Right, that's right. We're going to be getting more, and it really it's a great it's great to have that protection on the ground, insulation on the ground. Then, when there are activities out there, you're not on top of the actual grass and so on. It's all protected with snow, which is great. Uh, texter, by the way, if you have a lawn or garden question, I forgot to give the numbers, uh, phone number. We've cleared the line, so you can call in your question if you like, or send a text to Mary six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Uh, that's the phone number. Text number is 81807. I want to men- make mention that our friends at By the Yard sponsor the show every week, that family-run business down in Jordan, Minnesota, and we so appreciate that uh, great patio furniture. Uh, how? Here's a text, by the way, 81807. How do you arrange, how does one arrange, Texas says, for a master gardener to come to a community event and do a little speaking? And is there a cost? Uh, yes, that uh, that information is up at um, Ask a Master Gardener online. You can send that uh, question into the email list there. It really uh, is going to depend on what county you're in or where the event is, what county the event is in. So the Master Gardeners are organized by counties, and they're co- they have a county coordinator in most counties in Minnesota. So depending on where your event is, uh, go to that county extension office. Uh, you'll, that should be easy. Easy to find on extension.umn.edu, and you can send the request in there and see. Master Gardeners often speak on, they have prearranged uh, topics they'll talk about in their community. We've done a lot with pollinators, with uh, water management the last couple of years. So those are presentations that we have. Um, but yes, that's it's that's what master gardeners do. They are there to do public education. That's great. That yeah. is true. That's the yeah. focus. That's, yeah, that's absolutely. It. Right. Again, the text number, if you like that uh, method, eight one eight zero seven. Texter wants to know uh, when are maples due to start dripping sap. Uh, not for a while yet, but that will be coming up soon. Uh, at the Arboretum, uh, we have our Maple Fest, which is on March thirtieth. So that's the end of March, and at that time we will be at the peak, we hope, we think, of uh, uh, sap runs. And uh, so it's about another uh, month, uh, maybe six weeks from now. Okay. But it's when uh, uh, when the sap does start to run in the spring, so still when we have cool nights but warmer days. It's really a labor of love, isn't it? The, the, the it sap. is. It's it, a, it takes a lot of sap. The ratio. What is 40. it? Forty. It's approximately oh. forty gallons of sap for one gallon of syrup. So it's a lot of water in there. Uh, a small amount of sugar. The largest amount percent of sugar usually is in the sugar maple. All right. 
I, I would imagine, not that people want to get out in 10 below weather, but I would imagine we may be getting calls or texts about trimming trees. This is a pretty good time, especially oaks, I would imagine. this. Yes, time this is a safe time of year to prune oaks. Any, uh, It's the least uh, uh, likelihood of transmitting anything that will... Uh, help the oak wilt disease. So this is a good time of year to think about pruning um, oaks, deciduous trees, and so on. We think about pruning apple trees, the fruit trees, a little bit later into the winter. Uh, The end of the winter, real early spring, is when we'll start doing it um, at the Arboretum. Okay, well, here's a text that said, uh, good morning. I met Mary at the Arboretum gift shop yesterday, recognized her voice, She's a celebrity, me, to me. (laughs) Immensely enjoy your show. Well, thank you for that. Yes, that was the last day of the Master Gardener training this year. It took place yesterday at the Arboretum. Uh So every year, uh, if you want to become a Master Gardener, it takes uh, quite a bit of advanced planning, and the classes are in the winter held out at the Arboretum. And uh, there's also an online class. But again, that is an application through your local county yeah, you're accepted in your local county uh, Master Gardener program, and then you work with your county coordinator. Um, and, yes, that's a, it's a nice class. A couple hundred people were out there yesterday oh, wow. uh, t- finishing up with that class. Our people, you know, we, we like to talk about the Arboretum every Saturday. Yes. It, is, has that become even more popular since uh, we started doing the show? Oh, I think so. There are many people that listen, of course, to WCCO and the Arboretum. The membership is the highest ever now. The uh, visitorship is the highest ever. And of course, this month, the month of February, is the beautiful flower show. So uh, free with admission, a wonderful look up your passport to spring. You can visit nine countries out at the Arboretum, all indoors and uh, wonderful, comfortable conditions, beautiful scents, beautiful flowers. Uh, Of course, the countries are marked and labeled. Uh, There's a lot of cultural information about the plants that we and flowers that we selected there. But you can guess the countries. You can walk around and try not to look at the signs and guess what the countries are. There's also sculpture and uh, art uh, along with this exhibit. So it's a wonderful thing for people of all ages to uh, enjoy. And that's this month, you said? It's the month of February. Uh, Yes, it runs through March 3rd. So we're about halfway done with it, and it's just gorgeous. It's a beautiful display. Uh, Well, we're seeing there's actually a small conservatory that uh, we have uh, inside the Great Hall. Uh, You can pretend that the conservatory can be your own. It's it's an item that's for sale. The sculpture is for sale. And uh, the sculptures are some of the ones that uh, are on the Arboretum grounds as well. So wonderful Destination place, the Arboretum Flower Show. And uh, the intersection of what, 5 and 41 is there? Just west of 5 and 41. Wonderful place to visit this time of year. We'll talk more about that before you leave us today, too. Uh, uh, Mary, we need to take a quick break. If you have a lawn or garden question, getting a lot of uh, text messages, but you can call in your question, too. Uh, It's 651-989-9226. And uh, again, the text number, if that's easier, 81807. Yes, it's maybe 10 below zero, but we're still talking lawns and gardens on our Smart Garden Show. Here on News Talk 830 WCCO. 
And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota answering your questions by phone and by text. This is our Lana Garden Show. So, uh, we, uh, Mary, we have callers, we have texters. So let's put Hello. you back to work here. Let's see who's first on the phone. It would be Mike who's calling from Nicollet. Mike, you're on with Mary. Hello, Mike. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, um, my question is, I've got a burning bush, I would say, in the backyard, and the rabbits have uh, chewed up all the bark on the base, up all the limbs, and I'm just wondering if that would come back or if there's something I can do to wrap them, or how would I, what should I do with that? Yeah, it's hard to tell at this point. Uh, that might sprout from the buds below where the rabbits have eaten, but unfortunately that is a favorite of rabbits. At this point it might be too late to protect it, but you could always uh, circle it with chicken wire or some type of uh, netting or something that will keep the rabbits out. But you won't really know until next spring when it starts to grow. Unfortunately that uh, damage by wildlife is such a frustrating thing. But I would urge you to uh, see how it looks in the spring. You'll be able to tell some of the buds will come out, but then they'll quickly die and you'll be able to tell what's alive. You might unfortunately have to put in a whole new plant uh, unless you are just patient and will wait for that to sprout from the lowest buds. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. Uh, Let's see. Lynn's calling from Rice Lake, I do believe. Uh, Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. I have a beauty of Moscow lilac bush. And now this will be the fourth year it is yet to bloom. What do I do? Uh, I, I'm not familiar with that particular cultivar, Beauty of Moscow, but a lilac uh, can take a couple of years to bloom. Is it in full sun, Lynn? Yes. Good. Okay, full sun is the first requirement. Uh, The next thing, I would just make sure that it's uh, got enough water. We haven't had a drought the last couple years, but enough water is important. And then look for new growth on it. You'll want to see new growth at the end of the tips of the branches and so on. Okay. And um, I would give it another couple of years. You could also do a soil test and think about fertilizing it as well. That's usually not the limiting factor, but it, it could be. So having a soil test would be a good idea. Okay, thank you much. All right, Lynn, thank you. How do we go about doing that uh, through the The soil test? Yes, so you can click on extension.umn.edu, click on garden, and then uh, search, or you'll find in there how to, uh, the soil test recommendations and how to take a sample uh, of your soil and send it into the university. I think it's $17 now as a cost, but that will tell you what the pH is, uh, the nitrogen, uh, phosphorus, potassium levels, not so much the nitrogen, but that can be requested, but phosphorus and potassium levels, and then they will make a recommendation for uh, your particular, uh, oh, whether, it's a, whether it's a lawn or ornamental shrubs, fruit trees, whatever. But it's great to start there to know where you are as far as your fertility needs. Very good. Texter wants to know, by the way, text number 81807, should we remove snow off use to prevent branches from breaking because of the weight? Well, this is risky business because you um, the the you often will break the branch itself. So only very very gently or carefully should you remove the snow. A lot of times that will fall off on its own. Um, we've had so much ice, and that ice has contributed to the weight uh, that's on the branches as well. And that ice easily 
cracks and snaps, and you can break the branch as well. So only yeah. very carefully. Okay. Text number again is 81807. Here's another one, Mary. Uh, we have planted a peony plant four different years at our cabin in Crow Wing County. None of them survived more than a year planted in full sun. Any suggestions? Wow, that's really unusual because peonies are certainly tough and hardy. I thought the caller was going to, or the texter was going to say, why haven't they bloomed? That's usually due to improper planting depth. But the fact that they've totally died altogether is really strange. Um, I would maybe try a different source from where you're getting your peonies. Uh, And again, be careful when you plant it. Don't plant it too deep or too shallow. Try to plant it at the same depth that it was growing in the pot. Um, That planting depth is a big influence on how the... uh, how much the plant will really bloom. But I would keep trying. Uh, peonies are very hardy through Zone 3 so throughout our state. All right, good good to know. Mary, we need to take a quick bottom-of-the-hour break, so we have another half hour of the show to go. Call in your lawn or garden question or text it in. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show, brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Outdoor Furniture. Check them out, ByTheYard.net. Ten below zero, Mary Meyer is back with us from the University of Minnesota. Mary, you, when we started, when you first came in, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about, yeah, it is hard to believe, it's almost Valentine's Day. Yes. But you guys put together a video, which I have to watch yet, but uh, about cut flowers. About, yes, care of cut flowers. So it's, it's popular this time of year, but anytime you get cut flowers, there are some tips and things that you can do. So let's the, hear a few. Yeah. So, so the tried and true thing is that you recut the stems. Uh, you can do that underwater, but that's a little bit difficult. So just cut an, an inch or two off the bottom of the stems and then put these stems in uh, water that has the preservative in. So I call it the preservative. Some people call it flower food. But that's that little packet of uh, crystals that you buy when or comes with your cut flowers or you pick it up when you when you buy flowers at the grocery store or wherever. So that preservative is really research-based. There's been it is. a huge amount of research on this, how to extend the life of cut flowers. And there is sugar in that preservative. There is also an antibacterial. And then there is uh, um, an agent to regulate the pH Hmm. so that the chemical uh, balance in the water is perfect for extending the life of the flowers. So you want to be sure to look at the packet and says uh, it says the ratio on there. It says... Is it is it a, a quart of water? Is it a gallon of water? What quantity of water you have will the preservative work for? So get your ratio right. Mix that in. The cooler the water, the longer maybe the plant, the flowers will last. But I like to use room temperature water. Okay. Mix that preservative in. Make a fresh cut, and and uh, then you will have the uh, longest, the best chance of your flowers lasting a long time. Is this for any cut flower? Yes, any cut flower. Uh, rose. Roses, tulips, all the favorites that are going to be uh, sold uh, and received this week. Um, we do get a lot of questions on home remedies this time of year because uh, home remedies, 7-Up uh, or soda, a pop, things like that. Sugar. That's the sugar. Yeah. And so that's uh, the sugar. Uh, people will talk about Clorox or bleach. That's the antibacterial agent. 
uh, pennies in your water, nails in your water. There's a lots of different ideas, but the best thing is that commercial flower food that you can pick up for free. Now, why would the pennies or nails? Is that the zinc in there or I'm what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that has something to do with possibly changing the pH, yeah. uh, but those are old, uh, like, uh, old folk tales that you'll hear about uh, preserving cuts. And as I said, research has been done on this. There are some universities. John Dole down at North Carolina State is a renowned professor for his uh, research on cut flowers. There's also a cut flower association. And we have some wonderful growers right here in the Twin Cities uh, for cuts. This is pretty much in the summer when these uh, occur. But we do have Len Bush roses and, of course, Bachman's. Uh, we have a few growers here left in the state of cut uh, flowers. But it's a great time to enjoy these wonderful uh, flowers because the dead of winter, we are sick of looking at white. You had a good time with our friends at the Bachman's, didn't you, recently? Yes, they were so great. They helped us out with a taping that's up on the Yard and Garden blog. So you uh, just click on extension.umn.edu. You can see this short video. Uh, Bachman's is a is a big uh, retailer. They're wonderful. Uh, I, I think those designers, they're going to start working around the clock now. The next few days, they have hundreds and hundreds of arrangements that will go out of the store. They, you know, in the care of these materials in the coldest conditions, but they know how to do that. So uh, if you're looking for a great venue, the flower show at the Arboretum or any any uh, flower shop where you can smell and see the cut flowers is great now. Yes, indeed. Well, that's some great info. All right, let's get back to the tech screen. By the way, uh, the phone line, there is one open if you'd like to use it, 651-989-9226. Or, again, if it's easier, like a lot of folks are doing, send a text, 81807. Here's one, Mary. It says, I have a hedge on the south side of my house that turns bright red in the fall. I don't know what it is, but when do you think, can I trim it back? What does that sound like to you? I know that's the well, little the, information. Well, the bright red might be the burning bush. Maybe. If the foliage gets red, the actual leaves get red. So that would mean it's a deciduous plant. The other thing is it might be a dogwood and the stems are red. So both of those are deciduous plants. You can uh, prune those right now in the dead of winter. I actually prune uh, dogwoods and use that in uh, arrangements for Christmas time. Oh, yeah. And, and that's a good time to do it. So you can do that right now um, in the dead of winter. I'm not exactly sure what the plant is, but figuring that out, you can send a picture of that, put that up on the Ask a Master Gardener uh, questions that where we take care of that at the U. I would determine first what it is, and then, uh, but pruning for either of those two is okay now. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Jack is calling in from uh, Andover, I believe. Jack, you're on CCO with Mary. Good morning on this cool Saturday. Yes, it is fresh. <laughs> uh, I have a question about the solution you put in your vase when you cut the flowers. I was told by a, a reputable florist that you shouldn't put that in flowers that come from a bulb. What are your thoughts on that? So flowers that come from a bulb, uh, you're thinking maybe cut flowers tulips? like tulips and things like that. Lilies? Yeah. Uh, no, I, we... We know that the preservative works for all of those. There is another food that you can find that is bulb food, and uh, that's a slight variation. 
Um, but no, I, I actually I've never heard that. Um, the only thing that that does call to mind for me are uh, daffodils. Now daffodils are uh, kind of a a cut all uh, in and of themselves, and they actually can g- uh, give off an oxid. Uh, um, uh, some juice from their stems that will kill other things. So it's good to keep daffodils in a separate vase. But not tulips, uh, the other other uh, cut bulb flowers, hyacinths, we occasionally see those. Um, they will all benefit from uh, the preservative. Interesting comment, though. I, it makes me want to look that up yeah. and see if I can figure out why uh, they would have said that. All right. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate that. What is Texter wants to know, what is the chance that some of our bugs, like the ash borer, will be killed by this cold weather? Well, there's a pretty good chance. We do know that some of the research uh, indicates below 20 degrees will, <laughs> minus 20, minus 20 will kill the emerald ash borer. Uh, however, uh, that insect, of course, wants to uh, live, and so it is protected and under cover in trees, so they will have some protection. But uh, we are hoping a great deal of them are killed. Okay. Is it, and I know we've had this question before, is it a good idea to put wood ashes on a vegetable garden? Probably not. Uh, You need to get your pH checked. Uh, These are very alkaline and can actually increase the alkalinity or the sweetness of your soil. Uh, Around the Twin Cities, a lot of Minnesota has already a neutral to slightly sweet or alkaline soil. So only if your pH indicates that, and then you need to retest your soil about every three years to make sure it's not too much. So be very cautious about adding wood ashes to soil. Okay. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Marilyn, I believe, is calling from Hamburg with a question. Marilyn, you're on with Mary. Hi, Mary. appreciate your show. Um, I have heritage raspberry plants, and for the last two years I've been treating them um, for the vinegar fly larva. And um, it has been somewhat effective, but not not completely effective. And I'm wondering if this year's um, cold weather will kill that larva or not. And I've also been thinking of not letting my plants bear this year and keeping them trimmed down so they don't bloom or um, bear. And uh, I'm wondering if that would break the cycle of that insect. Well, I hope that the, that the the minus thirty has uh, an effect on the spotted wing Drosophila, but I I'm not really confident of that, Marilyn. I have not seen any figures that indicate that will not be killed. Um, hopefully, yes, some of that will happen. Uh, that insect is a big problem, and. You might um, help by not having any fruit around. That's what the non-bearing is. Uh, That will perhaps decrease the uh, insects around near your property. You could try that. It's just a very, very difficult problem. Um, That is unfortunately a, a terrible pest that we now have to deal with. And so preventative treatment, uh, getting the 
traps out early, seeing if there are any of those uh, small fruit flies around your plants is the best thing, and then trying to create barriers and uh, prevention to get them, to keep them out of your plot. It's very, very difficult. Uh, We have a lot of information on this up now at extension.umn.edu, and I would urge you to read that. Um, I can search and anyone can search for the, the lethal temperatures for that insect. I'm not sure if we know that. But uh, no, no, I haven't heard anyone talk about that with the Drosophila. Okay. Thanks, Marilyn. Uh, Will is calling in from Minneapolis, I believe. Will, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi. I have got about eight yew uh, trees trimmed into really tight topiaries. So there's only about oh, like a, an inch of green on the outside. They've got to be too big and I need to cut them down. I know yous will take hard pruning. I'm really worried. Can I take these back like four inches, which would basically be to bare wood because they're just too big? You know, it it varies. I have seen that work with yous. I remember the first time I saw that and I thought, well, those trees are dead, but they were not. They came back from the base. It was just amazing. But I am not confident that that will always happen. A lot of it, uh, the success of this severe pruning depends on how healthy the plant is, how much food reserves it has to overcome that dramatic shock and change. So if you've got a healthy plant to begin with, it could work. Uh, in, In your case, these small topiaries, I'm not sure how much green is actually on them, how much food reserve they actually have. It might be the final blow for them. You could maybe try it with one and see what happens. It's, right. it's a risk. It's a tough, tough, uh, tough call tough, there. Tough thing to know. Yeah. Good luck, Will. Thank you for the call. Mary, we will need to take just a quick break, inviting our listeners to call in your lawn or garden question or text it in 651 989 9226. Text is 81807. We're in the midst of our Lana Garden show called Smart Garden. Mary Meyer is with us from the University of Minnesota. Mary, we have, oh boy, so many text messages. Great. Too. And before you leave us, let's mention about the Arboretum featuring uh, the February, what's happening there this yes. month. When and how to prune hackberry trees, Dexter wants to know. So hackberries are great uh, deciduous tree. You could prune those right now. So in the dead of winter, uh, you can uh, prune a lot of things. Uh, sometimes it's easier in the winter to see the shape of the tree and do some pruning. So you could do that right now. You could also wait uh, any time between now and when it starts growing before you see the buds uh, open. Okay. Back to the phones we go. John is calling from Bloomington. John, you're on CCO with Mary. Yeah, good morning. I tuned in late, got the last part of the question about uh, the cold weather killing the Japanese, or not the, uh, the emerald ash borer. Please tell me that the cold weather kills all the Japanese beetles. <laughs> it's not going to kill those Japanese beetles, I'm uh, afraid. But we do have some research showing that the emerald ash borer is killed at minus 20 degrees. So we definitely have had minus 20 degrees, but there is there, there, the insects still have some uh, protection uh, where they and how they overwinter. So um, we'd like to say that will kill all of them. Hopefully that will reduce and slow their spread. Okay. Uh, back to the text messages. I have one says African violets, very healthy, some newly repotted, some well-established. They seldom bloom. 
So African violets do like a lot of light. So I would, especially in the dead of winter now, give them really good light conditions. And I would use some liquid fertilizer on those. You could regularly use a liquid fertilizer uh, not every time that you water, but uh, probably at least once every two weeks uh, when you're watering. So uh, lightly fertilized and good light. All right. Let's see if we can't pick up on uh, more text messages. How do we care for amaryllis plants? Blooms were cut off. Plants have been, I'd rather have green leaves. Would like to save bulbs for next year. You can do that. You need to give them the maximum amount of light possible. You need to move the plants outside in the summertime, let them grow all summer. And then you want a big, sizable bulb to bring in in the fall. I have rarely been successful with this myself, but some people can do this, and some people have 10 or 12 bulbs from prior years, and they get these to bloom again. But you've got to get a lot of stored food in that bulb for next year. So ideal growing conditions, and then uh, out in the summertime, of course, bring it in as soon as it uh, frost is uh, predicted. All right. Uh, Texter says, I have a garden bed that has been taken over by thistles. Will burning it off kill the thistles? Thank you for any information. Well, burning it off will only kill the tops off. Uh, thistles, probably Canada thistle that you have, is a huge problem. It has a gigantic root system. It has a subterranean and a surface root system. So it's a massive thing to get rid of. Uh, if you burn it off uh, for like five years in a row, everything, cut it off, burn it off, everything that comes up from the bottom, you will reduce it. But it's, it's a really tough plant to get rid of. Mm. Texture says, dreaming of spring. What are the best flowers for butterflies? I love monarchs. <laughs> uh, a lot of our native uh, flowers are great for uh, monarchs. So the liatris, there are a number of native liatris or blazing stars. Echinacea. There is a budlia, a butterfly bush, which is not native, but it's, it's notorious for uh, attracting a lot of butterflies. So we have lists of these plants, shrubs, uh, you know, believe it or not, things like pussy willows that bloom very, Mm. very early in the spring, crocus, uh, some of our very early spring blooming bulbs. They're very good for pollinators, for bees and so on. Uh, But we have wonderful lists of plants for butterflies. Uh, Julie Weisenhorn has done a lot of work on uh, butterflies, zinnias, uh, tothenias, there are some that are just really super. So if you go to extension.umn.edu, we have a whole webpage, Flowers for Pollinators, and there are plenty of lists there. So I would urge you to think about getting something that flowers in April as well as something that flowers in September, all summer. Mary, I think it was last Sunday morning, our nationalist friend Jim Gilbert uh, had a report out of Michoacan, Mexico, and evidently the monarch count is huge, huger, oh, <laughs> is larger Isn't than ever. Yeah, yeah, which is good news. Great. People good. are caring more. Yes, that's uh, for wonderful. That. Uh, good morning. It says I planted two Honeycrisp apples, uh, apple trees, two years ago. I have clay soil. I'm in Wright County. The trees are alive, but turn yellow and brown shortly after blossoming. I have them mulched and used fruit uh, tree fertilizer spikes. There is a cedar arborvita trees nearby. As I have heard, apple trees don't like them. Can you tell me what I can do to care for those apple trees? Well, you might have cedar apple rust, which is um, a disease that requires those two hosts. 
So I would um, – first thing I think I'd do is get a soil test because what you describe with the foliage doesn't sound very healthy. So I'd get a soil test and make sure that your nutrient levels are okay uh, with that. Then I would read up about the cedar apple rust and see if you see any signs of that. Again, you're talking about discolored foliage, and the rust is an orange color or orange pustules that will come on the apple tree. So you might want to consider getting rid of your cedars if you confirm that that is what you have. Okay. I think, Mary, we have time for one more call. Speaking of apple trees, Chris, what is your question for Mary? Hey, good morning, Mary. Happy uh, cold day. Yes. Yes, Good morning. I have a prairie prairie spy apple tree and it's about 20 years old and last year i had uh, sprayed it uh, about every three weeks uh but i still had apples that have uh, surface bites on them from bugs or something am i spraying it too often or not often enough Well, unfortunately, it's probably not often enough. There are just so many uh, pests that get on apples. So I I would urge you to try to figure out what the pests are that you have because there are a number of those, and we have got a lot of great information up on the website about that on managing uh, apple trees. There are bags that you can bag your apples in, plastic bags that you can use to cover them. There are also traps that you can put up, these uh, red, red plastic balls that you put tanglefoot on that will attract insects. They'll stick on there. So there's some alternatives to actually doing the spraying or things you can do in addition to the spraying. So I would, um, I would do that, Chris. Prairie Spy is a very nice uh, type of apple to have and uh, go through the uh, information on apple trees and pesticides we have up online and see if you can minimize your pest spraying and still have good apples. Mary, we have about 60 seconds to go. A quick advice on cut flowers, giving or receiving. Yes, recut the stems and use the flower food that comes with the cut flowers so that you can pick up when you buy them. Uh, be sure to think about going to the Arboretum. You have one month, the month of February, to see the great flower show that's out there. It's a great uh, time to take in the flower show, maybe do some skiing as well. Yeah, especially in light of we're going to be getting more snow for sure. And again, if you've never been to the Arboretum, it's a great place to take family and friends or yourself Uh, Head out west, Highway 5 West. Right, Highway 5 West, just west of the intersection of 41 and 5, just on the south side of the road there. $15 for adults. Uh, Children 15 and under are uh, free. And uh, walk around, enjoy the wonderful flower show. If you have garden questions, go to extension. You read my mind. Absolutely. (laughs) Mary, thank you. Always good to see you. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.